You know, Chucky, I still have the ring. What ring? The ring, the one you left for me. I found it on the mantle the night you were killed. I've never taken it off. Oh, that, the one I got from Vivian Van Pelt. Vivian who? Vivian Van Pelt. I dumped her in the river. Remember, that ring is worth five or six grand easy. You mean you weren't going to ask me to marry you? What are you, fucking nuts? <laughs> you thought? We're back on the Scare Value Podcast. I'm Brian, and here's Pete. That's me. That's me. Oh, PTO. He's looking through his notes. I am. I don't know why. For Bride of Chucky notes. It's right there. You like that? That's... Oh, you wrote on the best place. Of course I did. I wrote on the best place, too. I know my role. That's... Oh, no. <laughs> we gotta have a talk about your role. I figured out who the best boy was in all the movies I see. Oh, boy. So... Did you see Bride of Chucky in theaters in 1998? This is the first time I saw Bride of Chucky. Is that true? It is very true. What's your history with the Chucky franchise? I watched them when I was a kid, and I didn't see the re- whatever the remake was in whatever year it came out. 2019? Maybe. Sounds about right. I didn't watch that one. You yelled at me for buying that because on the voodoo that you use... The voodoo that you do so well? Yeah, it had the Chucky doll on it looking menacing, and you're like, Thanks for that, because my kids were at the time seven and five. And oh, yeah. Now I can't go to the Voodoo homepage. And apparently, there was somebody on the bus who was the seed of Chucky. And we couldn't figure this out, but he was his dad was Chucky, the killer doll. And it turns out there was a kid on the bus whose dad was named Chuck. Mm. And I guess he went by Chucky. But there was some confusion amongst the young children about Chucky being a real doll that had a kid who was going to the elementary school with my children. Do you remember the one Christmas where your daughter decided that Jesus was the greatest thing in the world? And I, we don't know where she got that from. I do not. And then she dropped it immediately. I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I do remember, since you are the godparent of yeah. Fred, that she brought something up, and I don't remember what you said, but it was the tone of like, yeah, they nailed that guy to the tree. No, I basically told her, I was like, stop believing in this nonsense. Like, that was my job as her godfather. Well, I guess it worked. I, yeah, it did work. I've been telling her I'm a god, and both kids kind of believe it. But I remember I came over, and you were like, she's real into Jesus for some reason, <laughs> and we don't know how to stop it. And we're just letting it go. And she walked in and she's like, did you know that Jesus did this? And I'm like, Jesus isn't real. And she's like, yes, he is real. And she locked herself in the room. I don't remember that. And I was like, I don't have to tell you. Well, good work as her godfather. It's been four years. She hasn't brought it back up. Yep. yep. And she hasn't brought it up at all. So I'm all right with that. But Chucky is real. So if she's listening, Chucky's coming for you. She won't watch. You know, it's weird. Kitty won't watch it either. And I'm like, it's really? a doll. Yeah. It's also the, I mean, this one specifically is more comedic than. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. The first, the one, what, the one through three? Yes. Now, you're going to have to walk me through what that was. I think I get it, like I remember, but I don't, you know, it was about a kid. It was originally about a kid named Andy Barclay, who, for some reason, his mother lives in a palatial estate, even though she can't afford to buy him a Chucky doll. I've never understood how nobody brings up that they live in the nicest fucking apartment in the world. Maybe it was like a a Cabbage Patch kid or a No, they they were available. They were available. And and this mother, we've talked about this before, this mother on his birthday knows all he wants in the world is a good guy doll. And there's a package wrapped that is the exact shape of a good guy doll. And he opens it up and it's all closed. And then she goes, she's like, oh, we could use them. And I'm like, 
What a horrible mother. And she gets him like the accessory kit for the doll. What? But she's like, I know, but it's $100 and you didn't tell me in time and I didn't save up. And I'm like, meanwhile, the place they live in. I don't, I don't remember any of this. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's a great movie. Okay. And then in the second one, he's still coming for Andy. So that was the movie? Yeah. He just lives in a rich place with a shitty mom? Oh, okay. You want to know the history of Chucky? Well, he was- Charles Lee Ray was a serial killer who did the, uh, the voodoo speech to put his soul into a doll. Yep. And originally he was turning more human in the doll so he could die as the doll if he got shot through the heart. So he had to transfer himself into the person he revealed himself to. This is the plot. Okay. And it was Andy. So he's trying to put his soul into Andy, and then they kill him in the end. But then he comes back, because he always comes back. And then the second one, he's still trying to get Andy. And then he dies again in the second one, but he comes back. And it's like nine years later, so they had to recast the kid. And he's in military school. I was going to ask. The third one's in military school, and that someone one, jumps on a grenade. Yeah, that one bombed. Yep, that one bombed. So it went away for a long eight years. And then Scream happened. And Scream happened in 1996, and it, re- it basically let every slasher person know you could probably make a slasher movie now because slashers are hot again and it's been a while for these franchises yes which is why in the opening of bride of chucky you see the evidence locker with everyone there that was great i don't know that they intended the metaphor to be as strong as it was but it's perfect because they had all been put away all of these franchises were long past their expiration date well, I can answer that question for you. It, it could have been stronger because I missed out completely on the metaphor. Oh. Well, when you even think about, you know, most of them are still locked up in there, to be honest, because Texas mm. Chainsaw never made another good one. Oh, yeah. Post-98. I thought that was Ash's chainsaw hand. We did get uh, Freddy versus Jason, but that's basically the last gasps of those franchises. That was, what, 2000? 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was the last time those two showed up. 2003. We just did the 20-year anniversary last year. I should have known that. Uh, yeah, you should. Directed by Ronnie Yu, who directed Bride of Chucky. Oh, that was the one I watched. That is the one you Last watched. night and this morning. So, Bride of Chucky was written by Don Mancini, who created the franchise. Okay. Was he involved in two and three? He's involved in every single one of them, oh, to okay. this day, except the remake, to this day. Okay. And including the TV show. And he, I think, is the one of the few, if not only, person in the post-Scream world to be able to relaunch his property in a way that, that really worked and gave it staying power, because that TV show is on right now. Oh Yeah, yeah. So that was 98, yep. and they did a couple more, right? Like Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky followed, and that one bombed. So it, it went away. And then he tried to bring it back as like a direct-to-VOD thing and strip it back down to basics. And it was a pretty good movie. And it was kind Wait, of surprising. Which one is this? Uh, cult of chucky maybe curse of chucky curse of chucky and it was pretty good and people really liked it and it got him another one and then by cult of chucky he went right back to this bride of chucky like humor and meta humor and over the top and expanding world they brought all the universes together and he came back like he brought it all back together the tv show is really an extension of that and none of this would happen without bride of chucky so the next two aren't that funny then? It's not it doesn't have that same sense. Seed of so. Chucky is almost exactly like Bride of Chucky, just nowhere near as good. Oh, all right. But it still yeah, it goes for the same style. It took him like five years to make it, and by then peop- the post scream thing was done. So it missed its moment. Uh, I gotcha. It also got really just strange. Because it, well, it was a weird it was a weird take having been a while. Like I got it. It was you know, it's more the the fun, campy sort of horror. It's self aware. Right, right. Which, oh, yeah. I guess it would be after Scream. Yes. And it's one of the few that did it that's really good. And, again, it, like, it gave the franchise legs for another 25 years and counting. 
Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint how it worked. Like how, and then I was trying to think of other franchises that did that, like turn on it, you know, pivot what the point is. Like the character becomes self-referential and becomes more about the the bad guy than the humans. Well, they victims. always all become more about the bad guy. As it goes on, they do? You, you, what is Nightmare on Elm Street about? Oh, yeah, it's about him now. Okay. What is Friday the 13th about? What is Halloween about? It always, unless, unless uh, Jamie Lee Curtis comes back, it's always about Michael Myers. Yeah. So when do they pivot just as the franchise goes on? So it's a normal thing. All right. I guess I didn't have a point. Yep. As usual. I'm glad I'm on target. Your whole note is Best Boy 1 and Best Boy 2. Well. I, I'll get to it. Best Boy Electric and Best Boy Grip. I know. And I think I did more research than you on this. I don't believe that. Well, let's get into the Best Boys. Tell us who the best boy Grip was. Glenn Goodchild. It sounds like he's trying too hard. Tell us who the best boy Electric is. Danny Diva. Or, or perhaps Piva. It's Piva. I can't read my own writing. Oh, boy. So, you, as you know, there can be only one. Yes, it's Highlander rules. Highlander rules. So Sure does. Glenn Goodchild has been the best boy and a real best boy in two movies, Police Academy and Police Academy 3. I guess he was too busy for Police Academy, too. <laughs> Danny Piva was the best boy in a lot of movies, including 2010's Red, Welcome to Mooseport, Jessica Elba's, Mooseport. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Elba's Honey, and Dracula 2000. I think I watched Welcome to Mooseport with you for some reason. We were just sitting around That sounds day. familiar. Right. Was that Ray Romano and Gene Hackman? That is correct. Look at me knowing something. Why do I know that? Gene Hackman's last film. I did know that, too. Uh, what a note to go out on. Still alive at the time of the statement. <laughs> Good thing. Got to keep that note going. Ray Romano, too, just in case. Just in case. And those Police Academy movies, being the best boy on those is a real career achievement, I think. That's a Gutenberg. But that- Remember when Gutenberg was hot? When was he not? All right, fair point. When was he not? <laughs> I do not know, sir. Was it Three Men and a Baby is when you were thinking when he was hot? Well, no, I meant as, you know, an actor. Before, yeah. like, it's all about the Gutenberg. Yeah. Then that printing press he made. It was that Party Down episode. He was also on Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah. I watched both of those things. I should have known that. But I didn't. Oh, when, in a previous episode, we talked about Kyle Gallner, who was in Scream. He was the first kill in Scream. Well, not the opening kill, but the kill outside of the, in Scream 5, 2022. He's the kill outside of the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you asked where he's from. He was... He was uh, in Veronica Mars. He was the killer in season two. He was a little brother. Oh, that's him. Yeah, that it was. Him. And I was like, I could have just given you that reference. You knew that one. I know that one. I yeah. forgot it at the time. Because he's come a long way. He doesn't seem like the same. Your references have to be very specific for me. Yes. It's, it's the only way I understand and can interpret the world around me is everyone who interacts with me has to figure out the ways to talk. Well, I want to give official best boy to Glenn Goodchild, but it's such a Try hard name. Why did you do all this work on the best boys? Because there can be only one. Yeah, no, no, there can be two. No, there can't be. Uh, I don't know about Highlander rules anymore. I saw part one and I heard part two is terrible. Unless you have a different definition for best, then there could be only one. I guess I do have a different definition. You can be co-best. I mean, he did do Welcome to Mooseport. Danny Piva? Danny Diva. <sighs> Look at you. Ooh. <laughs> I've already given it to both of them. This is you your can't. You got to give it to one. No, this is, this uh, is the Nick Cage tournament all over again. Apparently, yeah, it is tough for me to rank things. But look at you all twisted up inside. 
Well, I'll just choose one. Danny Peeva is going to be the best boy of uh, 1998. Congratulations. A good choice. 1998. Good work. 1998 was 26 years ago. I really hate when you do math at me. And that was two years post-Scream. Oh, my God, we're old. Yeah. I, I like that we keep getting figuring that out every time we have any kind of conversation. Yeah. So this movie introduces Jennifer Tilly to the franchise, which is really one of the big reasons it's continuing on to be successful, because she's such a perfect fit. She really is. Now, is she a horror person? Because I remember her being around in the 90s a lot. She was not. And she credits Don Mancini, who she became friends with from doing this movie and then many subsequent things with him, uh, for, for now loving horror. So she was very late to the, the horror to game. To the game. Yeah. Okay. She she is a natural fit there. She's and- perfect. She's the best part of the TV show to this day. She's Oh, she's on the show too? Sometimes she's playing Jennifer Tilly. Sometimes she's playing Tiffany and having Jennifer Tilly's body. Oh. She's she's Okay. Because right. Tiffany dies in this one, so in Seed of Chucky they have to go find Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> To put her oh, into her body. the actress Jennifer the Tilly. Actress Jennifer Tilly. Yes, that what I I do like how it did get the you know the self referential, yeah. and I like the very end when he he does shout like you've mentioned earlier. He always comes back. Yeah. He just flat out tells us. I'm like, ah, it's Chucky for you. But then he says, "But dying is such a bitch." Yeah, that was also funny. It's it's, it's a funny movie. Yeah, it generally was. I generally or genuinely, generally was oh. and genuinely it was genuinely genuinely generally well. Nice. Thank you. Brad Dorif is Chucky, as always. Big part of this franchise. Has he been in all of them? Except for the remake. What the hell was the remake doing? It was taking the title they owned and making it completely different. Mark Hamill plays it in that one. Uh, I do like Mark Hamill. I know, but it's an iconic character. And it, he, he was still around. Oh, yeah. He was still doing his own. They still have their own stuff. Okay. Weird choice. Yep. Because he's great. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't the same thing. There was no voodoo speech. There was no soul possession. It was like a toy that was made demonic. And that was all. Yeah, and it was fine. Okay. It wasn't bad. It has, uh, what's her name from Parks and Rec? Amy Poehler. Nope, the other one. And now Rashida Jones, the other one. <sighs> Got that Chris Pratt. Yep. That's playing Garfield. <laughs> and the Mario. And Mario. It's Garfield and Mario and Mark Hamill as Chucky. Perfect. Aubrey Plaza. How did this movie fail? It, I don't think it did fine, actually. Really? Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. The point of remakes is never to make more of them. It's to cash in on the name you own. Oh, yeah. That is the point. How could I have forgotten these things? Some of them were wildly successful. The Friday the 13th remake was, was a giant success, and which, they never made another one. Which one was the Friday the 13th remake? 2009. I don't even remember that existing. It's, really, it's good, too. It had a really good uh, Jason. It was more like Friday the 13th Part 2, where he's more human and survivalist, and you come on his property, and he's coming to murder you. What year was this? 2009. Okay, and that was the last time then, right? Yep. All right. It's the last thing we've ever gotten in the Friday the 13th movies. Well, it got farther than um, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. So good for him for being at least a little more relevant. I don't know that he's more relevant, though. Really? Again, we've talked about that hockey mask. Yeah, it's true. It's so iconic that my eight-year-old knows what it is. You know what it is? Freddy's the Sandy Koufax of these horror villains. He had a shorter run, but a hotter, higher high. I don't know what a Sandy Koufax is. Sandy Koufax was the best pitcher in the world for like five straight years, but he only played like eight years. So these other pitchers go 14, 15 years. So he had a much smaller window, but he was better than all of them in the time he was doing it. In the world? Yep. The whole world? I don't know about Sandy that. Sandy Koufax, still alive at the time of this recording. 
<laughs> Always with the timekeeping. Someone who's not is John Ritter, who plays the chief of police. That was also a fantastic segue, keeping it on brand. It, it, it is weird. I forgot that John Ritter was a thing. Maybe because I never got, like, John Ritter was, again, super hot, like Gutenberg hot for a while there. He was Gutenberg hot in he the was 80s. Gutenberg hot. I never got it. He did Three's Company in the 70s, yeah, maybe? Or 70s, 80s? early 80s. Okay. I never really watched that show. People love it. Mm-hmm. And then I, for some reason, oh, yeah, you know what? I always associated him with Chucky because he did Problem Child. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? He a little redheaded kid. So yeah. I always thought he was part of the Chucky franchise. So seeing him here, I'm like, ah, his natural home. Well, he's great in it. He is. He's fine, I guess. I just don't get the... Ju- Ooh, the face full of nails. That was fantastic the for his death. The pinhead death. The pinhead death. Is that what it's called? No, but isn't it? It is, 100%. For a movie with all these callbacks and, and references to other things, he's definitely a pinhead. I didn't minute. even catch that. You're right. It I like that he didn't die immediately and he pops back out. It's great. It is. Catherine Heigl, in one of her... Not early roles, because she's in a bunch of things before this, but is she? Pre, a pre-big fame Catherine Heigl. She looked really, really young in this, She did, too. but she was in, like... That Gerard Depardieu movie, like four years before, five years before. What you remember? You remember? Yeah, you, but my eyes—you see my eyes go yeah. roll back into the way back memory files. I what? don't remember what it's called, but I remember it. That's the—that was the Gerard Depardieu movie. What fucking movie was she in? It was on HBO all the time. Cause that's the only reason we both watched things. Well, remember, just like uh, Steve Gutenberg and John Ritter, Gerard Depardieu was really hot for a minute here. He was. He went into the early nineties too with his green hotness. card with uh, Andy McDowell, your favorite. Uh, I never watched that one. You know I, why? I don't know that any of this is correct. I, I'm willing to roll with it. It's been a while since you had a corrections oh, episode. here's a correction. That Jean Reno movie you kept talking about, <laughs> Visitors? And I said, is that uh, I said, is that Christina Applegate? And you said, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. That's the American remake called Just Visiting, starring Jean Reno. <laughs> Wait, what? So there are like three movies called Visitors, one, two, and three, that were French. I'm assuming it's French. Okay. Jean Reno, and then they made a movie called Just Visiting that's an American remake of it starring Jean Reno and Christina Applegate. So we were both right. I wonder which one Kitty saw all the time, which is the only reason I know this movie. It has to be Just Visiting. I don't think she was watching a French language, foreign language movie. I don't know what she watches with her weirdo family. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> Do you think her dad's sitting down and watching a foreign language movie? He seems like a, a very much uh, a gremlin style Mr. Futterman. Futterman, Fetterman. Remember Fudderuckers? I, I miss Fuddruckers. Would you would you be surprised to learn that I have conversations about Fuddruckers way more often than I it's, feel? It's been gone for 25 years. Oh, at least. They used to give you a basket full of fries and like some sort of pita dough, and you could eat the basket. I remember in 1988 going to someone's birthday party, and it was a movie birthday party. We went and saw Beetlejuice, and then we went to Fuddruckers afterwards, and that's the day I discovered I don't like hamburgers. Oh, my God. Fuddruckers was a hamburger place. Yes, and it was a good hamburger place. For and here's a while. the thing: people think if you don't like hamburgers, that like, oh no, these are really high quality hamburgers, and they were really good meat. Like you'll like it more. That's not true. The less meat like it is, the better it is. Because you know what I can eat? McDonald's cheeseburgers. You know, what, you know, the farther it gets away from the scale, <laughs> the more we get towards like actual meat, the less I like it. <laughs> the the pure processed like patty the ones you can leave in your car for 10 years and they don't look like they've degraded at all yep nothing wrong there i found a chicken nugget when we were trading in our last car from i don't know how old it was that the kids were eating and it looked just like it came out of the box oh well your oldest kid is 10 so it can't be as old as like that's child's play man (laughs) i've eaten things out of the floor of a car 
like a french fry here or there everyone does they're completely fine it's 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 uh, what travel snacks it's not food travel snacks it's like the edible it's like an edible version of the play food that kids all have when you buy them a little like here's your little you know fruit plate here's your your kids all plastic ones it's like an edible version of that they'll never go bad there's got to be a better way to say what you were saying they'll never go bad because they were never good all right that was the better way I did not write down the name of the guy who plays the main guy in the movie, Jesse, because we never saw him again in anything. For a hot minute at the very end, it looked like Skeet Ulrich. Well, it wasn't. I know. I had to go look out and figure who he was because I can't remember. It was the part when they're in the field after they wrecked the RV, which was a pretty cool explosion, just seeing the skeleton of it in the background as they had their standoff. Right. And then they got to the grave, and it was, I think, when they were hugging, and then Chucky comes back to life again. And I think it was Skeet Ulrich right there. It was not. I think it might have been. And Kathy and Jimmy is a cleaning lady for some reason. <laughs> Boggled my mind in 98. This, Boggles it now. She has an... Because I was working at that Amherst Theater there in college when My Big Fat Greek Wedding came out. And that was her, right? That was her big one. Nope. Nope. That's Nia Vardalis. Oh, my God, it is. No, she was Sister Act. She was also in that witches movie. Yes, Hocus Pocus. Like, yes. Yes. I have an inflatable of Hocus Pocus. All before this cameo was a cleaning lady in Pride of Chucky. Just maybe she's a big horror fan. I don't know. I think I read, and I always want to preface this I think I read, because I probably didn't. I think I read that she had worked with the producer of this movie before, so she just came in for a day to do it for fun. Okay. Maybe she liked it like Chucky. Right. And Chucky is fun now. I, I. And it's just such a weird role. She just walks in and sees dead bodies and screams like, that's the entire role. Like, all right, thanks for coming. Kathy. It takes her a little bit to notice though. So she's no. got that comedic. Yeah. Oh, these tourists or foreign tourists, whatever she said, as she's cleaning up blood. It's like, I know that filming a movie is difficult and it takes a lot of setups and it takes a lot of, you know, practice and, and, and having to do the lighting and stuff like that. But it just feels like she was just visiting on set. Like, Hey, you want to jump in there? <laughs> Which is not at all how it works, but it feels like how it worked. That was, she walked in on the, the couple who had, uh, what, they were... Trying to rob. Yeah, and then they were on their waterbed, yeah. and uh, Jennifer Tilly, or Tiffany, Tiffany, shattered the mirror above them, and it sliced Tif- them. Tiffany Valentine, a great name. That was her, Oh, that would explain why she had that heart tattoo. It's a great name. I didn't know that was her last name. Charles I, Lee Ray, and we, we get all this new lore. We didn't know about this girlfriend that he had. Oh, this is all new? We didn't know about that until now. I liked... That she she had a very strong, like, the Bride of Frankenstein vibe yes. going on. Or, they even show it in this movie. Right. Yeah. I know, a couple of times. And I I know you've got a big boner for the <laughs> thank Bride you. of Frankenstein. Thank, thank, oh, well, no, don't continue. Don't continue. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get that word out there. <laughs> All right. That was a... It was a true fact, and I'm sticking with for The Bride of Frankenstein, but I don't remember that movie because I was a kid the last time I saw it. It's one of the best movies ever made. It is a Scare Value Hall of Fame movie. Ooh, how many of those exist? Just four. Oh. Two every year go in in the awards, not episodes because we didn't talk about them, in the awards article. Oh, okay. So there's a part one and a part two every year, and every year two movies get put in. The first two movies were Halloween and Night of the Living Dead, and this year it was The Exorcist and... Good work knowing your own awards. It's the one we're talking about. What a Hall of Fame. Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Chucky? This one will probably never make the Hall of Fame. But you just really said good. it was in the Hall of Fame just now. I heard Bride you. Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. James Whale's Masterpiece. Starring did, Brendan Fraser. Did you know that 
he didn't want to come back and make the movie. And Boris Karloff didn't want to come back and make the movie. And they both thought, well, we can't really top it. So who cares? And Karloff was just like, I don't even want to do this because I don't want to talk. He didn't talk in the first movie and he hated the idea of giving the monster speech. And they were both completely wrong because it's so much better than the first one, which is already a masterpiece in its own right. All right, I got to watch that again one of these days. It's like an accidental masterpiece somehow. People that just thought there's no reason to do this, and then they put in the best work of their careers by far. Well, I was it was I was sympathetic, I guess, what I was getting to with the you know We Belong Dead, the Bride yeah. of Frankenstein. So I I don't know, I don't know if it's just because I know the Bride, but it really hit, and it makes Jenner or Tiffany a very sympathetic, creepy doll. So, and one of the things that's interesting about the Ch- Chucky series is that Don Mancini is is the creator, and he put hands on with everything really there's only been a couple times in the early parts where he didn't get to have complete say but since bride of chucky's have pretty much full reign over it and he's gay and the movies have gotten the story has gotten more queer friendly as it goes on and it's an interesting thing because bride of frankenstein james whale was gay so for him to pick this as the launching point for the the the, the thing is kind of an interesting little bit because the homosexuality doesn't fill the screen in this one as much as you get in the seat of chucky but he's starting to make it a more inclusive thing. Even like in the TV show, the main character's gay and Chucky's like a murderer, a horrible person. He's like, hey, I don't give a fuck what you do. And it's like, I just, I love that about it. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. But it's interesting that it's such a Bride of Frankenstein takeoff because that was originally the first, people look at it as like the first queer horror movie. Because it's, there's, it's laced with stuff in there. Oh, okay. That is sub- subtext. Yeah, we're going to have to do one of these watch-alongs where you point all these things out to me, too. We will, because it's, right. it's so great. But I, was, I thought it was interesting. See? Mancini, was he takes control of his franchise, goes back to that, which is probably a movie that you would think that maybe is somebody who loves horror and is going to start putting more representation into his horror. That might have been a movie that really like resonated with him that he got to go back and do callbacks to it. It makes sense, kind of, that he would pick that one. Or it was just an easy one to parody. He wasn't parodying it, though. No, that's how I remember Bride of Frankenstein. They, you don't see her for the last two minutes. They kidnapped some people, made them drive an RV. Yeah, that's right. They tried to. I John remember, Ritter was there. John Ritter was there with a face full of nails. Captain and Jimmy came in. <laughs> he really she had did. its time. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought it was, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. We're in agreement. It's not, it's not doing uh, a lot of the Bride of Frankenstein point, <laughs> clearly. Bride of Frankenstein was about a mad scientist who has to reckon with the thing he created and it's that's why it's so good it's the only time up till it was 35 so i don't think that before then they were making sequels that were so like not just picking up from the last one but like actually dealing with the fallout of the last one the, the frankenstein yeah. the original dr frankenstein is a broken man at that point because of what he created what he unleashed on the world and they have to bring in like a much worse scientist to get the plot going because he has nothing to do with it Okay. All right. Again, I got to watch this thing. Yes. And Bride of Chucky is just saying, yeah, yeah, I have no. a character. Why don't we just make them all fun? And it is fun. It is. Now, so when when the two of them start knocking doll parts, yes. when did Cap, what is it, the, the World Police, the Trey Parker and Matt Stone, like Team America? Oh, it was after. It was after because that also had those dolls yeah. knocking doll parts. It had to be after 98 because... I think this, it was after the South Park movie. The South Park movie was like 2000. Was it that late? Yeah, I thought it was early or late 90s, rather. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was 99, but I think either way, there's no way that Team America was before. Okay, there's something. I'm not quite sure how I feel about dolls just... Oh, it's the scene is amazing, though. 
I, but you know what? It's got this weird, creepy factor for me. There's something about it I don't like. It's they. What was it? X. X was supposed to be the one with all the old people, creepy, weird. One old person. Yeah. One. Yeah. Either way, it's like, ugh. It's just like that's not something I want to look at. And you know what? I didn't want to look. I don't. I, I didn't like it in World Team America. I didn't like it in this. I get it. It's funny, but mm. it is funny. And uh, what was the line he had? She asked him if he had a rubber. Oh yeah, Scott um, all rubber. Yeah, he was. Good old Chucky. <laughs> yep. But he does impregnate her. He does, and then it when it comes bursting out because see, to Chucky wasn't a thing when this movie came out. It was just a movie. It took years for it to get even. Come yeah, out, yeah, but that one time in Knock and Boots, somehow she was pregnant. Spoiler alert. And then the the cop at the end says, "Hey, you two kids who we've been chasing the whole time for murder, they're they're innocent. Don't worry about them." And then I guess he gets eaten by a yes. fetus. So I would assume that these they're still on the run to this day. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> now <laughs> I don't think that's enough to absolve you. Pretty sure it's not. Yeah. But Jennifer Tilly's doll gives birth even though she's dead, and it starts eating the sheriff. The yeah. end. It's a great ending. Really good effects too at the uh, the doll effects at the end there the charred Tiffany oh it was yeah it was an iconic look she with with the black leather jacket over her wedding dress it is with the dyed hair it is a, it is a fantastic look the blonde hair she really and her voice is great for it her Although, I don't know I also think this is the best Chucky look he's sewed together head I agree I thought that during the movie I didn't write it down I just wrote down best boys, and for but. twenty almost twenty six years ago I think it looks fantastic. I think it. I didn't think there was anything. You know why? I can tell you. Yeah, nothing stood out as bad or dated. Yeah, it was when the two when Chucky and Tiffany were fighting in front of the car. Mm-hmm. They were doing an overhead shot, and you could clearly see that these yes. are oh these are people. These yeah, are sometimes people. They're people. Sometimes they're people. Sometimes they're dolls. Right, and I, I it works though because CGI. All, we've talked about it a lot. CGI always dates your movie because it's just whatever was the best at the time. Because he's a player. Well, what? Don't dates, hate the player. He always the game. Your movie. Hey, speaking of Mancini, was that a baseball player of some kind? Not that, that I know of. Then I think it was a kid I went to school with. Cool. I thought so. That name seems really familiar. I might have known them. You know what we do know is is Ken the foreign correspondent, and we got to remember we got coming up the uh, the foreign correspondent awards. We do where for Chinese New Year for Chinese New Year he's going to tell us is it still going to be Chinese New Year for them because they just elected? I guess why? I guess we'll bring it up. Yeah. Oh, they had their big election there, and they elected an anti-Chinese. This is as far as I read. Uh, it's it's a big deal though. He'll bring it up because we're going to cover that February seventh. Two things I'm sure about Ken. He's going to bring up the, the Taiwanese election, and he remembers that it's because he's in a foreign country that American films are foreign. Well, yeah. Two things that... That's the whole bit. There's no way he's going to forget it. That's going to be okay. a, like two or three weeks from now. February 7th, I think, is going up. Because mm. we've got to finish off the new year, the old year. So, people that don't know, the Chinese New Year starts February, I think, 10th. I think it's 10th. I think it ends the 10th. Mm, interesting. First time hearing of this. I think it's the 10th. First time I had an opinion on it. I thought it was just a day, like New Year's Day. It's a week. I know that. Oh, well. Seems you're very smart. Mm, it's my ability to just read the headlines on things. Oh, nice. So we're going to have, we're going to close out the Chinese New Year by having our Taiwanese correspondent, American Ken. You do know what I forgot to do, right? Nope. Nick Cage News. Oh, boy. 
It, I thought we were done with this. How could we be done with it? It's a whole new year, a whole new year of Nick. How about this? Yes. Like Nick Cage himself, who says he only has three or four movies oh, left. That's a Cage countdown happening. <laughs> Maybe three or four Nick Cage updates left. Mm. In in one, just keep three or four in one episode is what you're saying? Go ahead. I don't Give know. Give me your Nick Cage update. Well, this one. Can we play a video on this? Because I'm going to show you. It's like 15 seconds. This, I don't know. You know how this works? No. I, uh, uh, I assume because my phone attaches to yours, people can hear it. Even that doesn't matter. You got to watch I don't this. have it plugged in. Doesn't matter then. Hmm. So, there's a series of commercials in Japan that mm-hmm. Nick Cage has done. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about these? No. They are amazing. It's for something called Pachinko. I think I have heard of this. I, I found some of them. I recommend watching all of them because they're amazing. But I'm going to show you just just one. If I can, if I can work my phone better, I can't. Uh, what a pain in the ass! All right, you ready? I guess. You ready for this? I'll be darned to what the heck is going on around here? I'm all year long. Whoa! I'm a dog. I don't understand. Yeah, that's all right. Pachinko. Thank you. He won an Oscar. <laughs> what do you think? Tell tell us what you saw there, Brian. Well, he was playing an over-the-top cowboy, mm. driving a pickup truck down a road, and then spacemen came, and he danced with the spacemen, and then he headbutted a spaceman and plugged the product. Had a real hoedown. Sure did. As he said. So that's Pachinko, or Pachinko. I don't know what it is. You never looked, looked into it. What, what do I look like, a news network or something? So he didn't sell you on it. Oh, I don't know what it is. My guess, based on the other commercials that I saw, is that it's some sort of gambling thing, mm-hmm. like a, a casino game or something. But I'm not sure how you get there, because he keeps saying, like, I'm going to go there to Senko. So everybody go to Japan. Yeah, or somebody tell me what Pachenko is, because it sounds exciting. Nick Cage has me all hopped up about it. The internet could tell you what it is. Mm, not in a headline. So, In fact, when you do your, your award shows, I had this thought, you should put it all in the headlines. So I don't have to actually read the article. I would know who all the people in the Hall of Fame are. Well, you do now, because I told you. Yeah, but I forgot. I only remember what I read oh. in headline form. Yes, that's true. And I appreciate that you tell me when you've done a, a Pete research, you're like, ah, I read the headline. I'm like, see, it's easy to do that. We both read the headline about the election in Taiwan, and I was like, it doesn't affect me. And that's pretty much the thought I had, and I said, I wonder if it affects our foreign correspondent. And I figure he'll bring it up if it does. Exactly. If not, it's not important. So this is, like, as mentioned, Pride of Chucky is takes self-aware humor, like the post-scream thing did. It has lines like, somebody asks how he ended up like this is a doll. He says, it's a long story. In fact, if it was a movie, it would take three or four sequels just to do it justice. It's and brilliant. It's, it's true. Yeah. We are on sequel four. At this point, we are on sequel three, movie four. Sequel three? Oh, yeah, because the original counts, movie four. That that involves math. I'm not, I, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close. You, were, you weren't that far off. That's right. It's better than I normally math. 
this was this is almost the midpoint of the movies because they made what three more movies after this so yeah this would be the midpoint of the movies but the tv show is going strong three seasons so far how far apart between the last movie and the start of the tv show i feel like there was like like five years between all of these things oh like each like five years later we got seed of chucky and then there was like a longer break and then there was five years between curse and cult and then five years between cult and the tv show I i feel like that's right Okay, I'm excited to what having watched it because it's been on my list forever to start doing. First these. season is great. Second season I didn't like as much. I haven't watched the third season yet. Do I need to watch the other three to get it, or well, or to just start the show? I mean, it does pull a lot of characters from the other from all the movies. Really. Okay, so you really should watch them. Yeah, the main character of the last two movies is in the TV show too, and is one of the main characters. So that whole plot line you'll lose, and you'll like just following the Jennifer Tilly stuff is impossible without watching them. Okay, well then I'm going to, well, perfect. I'm going to watch him anyway. And she, she pops back up at the end of Curse, carries us basically into the TV show, which doesn't come for years. Is she in the next, in all of them or just the She's third not one? in Curse. Okay, and that's the third one and this, Seed is the second one? I don't know why you're arbitrarily picking numbers. Is this suddenly the first one? <laughs> this is the first one. Okay. I've restarted the franchise. <laughs> Keep up, man. You're the math guy. Starting from Brad of Chucky, the second one is Seed of Chucky, the third one is Curse of Chucky, the fourth one is Cult of Chucky. And then there's the TV show. And there's TV See, show. I'm Chucky. counting this as the universe. So she's not in the one where they stripped it back down to basics. Actually, Fiona Dorif, Brad Dorif's daughter, is the star of that one. And of the next one, end of the show. I really like Brad Dorif. He's great. He's His commitment to this character is tremendous and... He's been doing it for forty something years. No, now. I got to assume that About he's a 40, thirty-five years. He's a fan of the character, right? Like he's got to enjoy doing this, or is it's just a paycheck to him? It's all him, so he has to enjoy it. I right? It's, it's got to be. It's all his crazy shit. It was like, uh, what's his face, Robert Englund? As uh, I know, I don't think you could be as good at this voice and doing this voice if you didn't care about it, because he's so good at it. Mark Hamill is the Joker in all the animated stuff. Yeah, is one of those like iconic voices, and it's. I don't, I can't, mm. now I'm trying to think of anyone else who can be so, any of the other horror icons who is so associated with one person. Just Freddy. I mean, unless you want to do hero, heroines and then. I don't want to do heroin, man. I was going to see if you were going to jump on that. I, my kids just got a dare program thing that came oh. home. Dares. I, I didn't know that was a thing. What did it even stand for? It we was, had that. It was to make us stop doing drugs or something, but I don't know what it stood for. It was like D period, A period, R period. <laughs> I think it's like a KFC situation where they're not allowed to say what it was anymore. It it's stand, not really. It doesn't stand for anything. D-A-R. Drugs are really excellent. <laughs> is that what they were teaching us? That is what it, that's what it is. I just remember I found my sixth, when my mother moved a couple of years ago, I found my sixth grade yearbook. And on the, it said, there was a big sticker I put over the cover. It says, say no to drugs. And I put white out all over the no and wrote Yes. Because I was a cool rebel when I was 11 years old. It stands for Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Well, good work on the education part, let me tell you. That is uh, Nancy Reagan's legacy. And it's still going on. I, I, don't, I didn't read it. Cause it's still sitting around, though, because I don't throw anything away. I got to look at that, see what they're saying. I think it was like a pledge for an eight-year-old to say, I won't do drugs. Wow. I, I don't know. I didn't read it. She should turn it back in and just add the word again. <laughs> just to see what they do right <laughs> he probably would he's not that bright that's that's fairly bright what are you saying to me i came up with it <laughs> no i mean he'll just turn it in i'll go here turn it in he'll be like all right did you, did you uh you want to get into the plot of bright of Chucky? there was a plot we have t- 
two. I thought I described it when I said it was the Bride of Frankenstein. We have a Romeo and Juliet situation. Jade and Jesse run off together to get married. That is my Romeo and Juliet. Yep. And John Ritter is against it, so he's trying to track them down. And he gets taken out by... Well, he was just a dick. As near as I can tell, he was an uncle. What happened to her parents? Did they ever say? I'm sure they've mentioned it. It wasn't that important to the plot. Clearly, but she was living with John Ritter, who, yes. as far as I remember, he did. He was known for his likable, yep. funny guy roles. Yep. And then he he was also the one who took away Johnny Cash's death. We've done that already. I know, but I'm just saying I remembered it now. And and now this was a very dickish role. This is the things you know him for. This I just went through my list in case anyone wanted to know that. Funny roles you've never watched. Mm-hmm. Blaming him for Johnny Cash not getting enough attention. And then he died. And then, oh, are you taking up the death updates? Yeah, I, I was. And then for also you. doing this role. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I think he was on Scrubs a couple of times. He was. And he was in, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't remember him in Buffy. He was very much a role like this. He was an evil robot. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I don't think I like John Ritter. I liked him in this, though. It's too late to tell him. (laughs) That's a shame. He was good in this because I think it was one of the first times he was playing against type. Where you expect him to always be the... The funny guy. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's always... Yeah, and he did a good job with it because he was just a controlling jerk. I'm sure you watched Stay Tuned a thousand times because it was on HBO all the time when you were growing up. Was that the one... The remote control... That sent on through. I get that one confused with Mom and Dad Save the Universe. Did you get that remote control from Don Knotts? Wasn't Don Knotts a fish or something? He was the incredible Mr. Limpet. Is that a fish? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I was right. He was also the the uh, Mr. Chicken in the Ghosted Mr. Chicken. <laughs> Wasn't he in the Apple Dumpling Gang as well? I don't think so, but he was definitely in Mayberry. What is a Mayberry? You know. Andy something? Griffith. Griffith. The Andy Griffith Show. With the kid who whistles and a young Kurt Russell. I got to look up Stay Tuned. Young Kurt Russell was not in. Sure he was. And he had that dog, Old Yeller. Yeah. Stay Tuned, 1992. Pam Dauber. Jeffrey Jones. We've talked about him enough on this podcast. I don't know who Jeffrey Jones is. Yes, you do. Mm, You say that so confidently, but I don't (laughs) swear I've never heard that name before in my life. (laughs) Really? Because we can go back just a few months and you're like, I pounding the table like, you know what? I'll own it. I believe it was pedophilia. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what i don't doubt that i believe that at the time but that was past pete <laughs> this is this is current pete and he doesn't believe that what future pete's gonna believe nobody knows you know what Don not supposed to been in pleasantville isn't doesn't he have like a berry farm or something no sure Don Knotts berry I, farm everyone understood it <laughs> They just didn't like it. I don't know what that is. They didn't like it. I don't know what it is. I've heard of it before, but I have no clue. It's just a thing that exists. He was the TV repairman in Pleasantville. We solved it. Holy cow. That's what we were doing this whole time? Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm. So Chucky's back. Back again. Uh, Tiffany, still in human form, played by Jennifer Tilly. Tell a friend. Finds the doll. And doll comes back to life. She doesn't find the doll. She bribes the cop and kills the cop, and then kills the cop. So you know she's not the best of folk. Nope, she's crazy too. And she wanted to get married. Thought they were going to get married. Heard in the opening clip they were not going to get married. 
But then he turns her into a doll without a spite. <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah, she misconstrued his true intentions for her, and he electrocuted her and then for her. She makes a terrible mistake. Knowing who he is, she starts belittling him, mocking him, and then uh, ties like a cages him. Yeah, she put it's him like, in a cage. What fuck you think's going to happen when he gets out of there? Well, what happens is he pushes a TV playing the Bride of Frankenstein into the bathtub she's in and, and electrocutes her and then puts her soul into the doll. For, you know, petty revenge. I wish, I don't For, know why all the sound clips I took, I didn't take the amazing voodoo chant that he does in every movie and TV show. It's my favorite moment every time he starts doing it. Oh, Dombala, <laughs> give me the power, I beg of you. Really? It's so stupid, I love it. Okay, I guess I just kind of washed over his background noise. It washed over his background noise. Yep. So he turns into a doll. And now now they end up they're gonna get married. Because he has no other options. But he, he seems kinda of into it, especially after he sees her murder those two people with the mirror above their waterbed. That's when he that's when he really falls for her again. Yeah. But he's kind of a dick. But she's kind of a dick too. And yes, that's what they bond over. Yes, they're horrible people. Yeah. See, they go they're on the run and murders are following them. So people start suspecting they start suspecting each other, Jesse and Jade, of being mass murderers. Because everywhere they go, they leave no survivors. Wait, multiple murderers. Mass murderers do it all at once. That's a that's a point they want to make yep, repeatedly. They do. And did you like they made I think a, a natural born killers reference? Probably. Yeah, because that was out around then. Yeah. But the reporter came on the radio when the two of them were driving together to like make them throw suspicion on each other. Yeah. Or the announcement was like, "Well, there's been a whole bunch of murders found." It was so cheery and like drive time radio y. Yep. And they end up getting married anyway, even though they both suspect the other one's trying hey, to kill. Did people. you know she was from Lockport, New York? That was where it started. Who? Uh, uh, Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah, it says Lockport, New York. Wow. So that's like by the falls. <laughs> Okay. Which they ended up at to get married. Oh. I brought it back. See, that's what sparked the thought in the first place. All right. Where, where did this movie start? I don't even know. I think it was Lockport, New York. No, the movie setting. Hackensack, New Jersey. That's possible. No, that's where they go for the grave. Because I think I saw the sign. Ooh. And it opened <laughs> up my eyes. We both were there. A little ace of base for you. I'm not sure where they left Chucky off. He would be in an evidence locker in whatever you'd think whatever county the military school oh, was. right now oh where he was before yeah i'm trying to figure out where this, where this movie began that they traveled from oh that's a good point i don't remember yeah. the third movie so that would have to be well that's just where the doll started i don't know where tiffany was living she's hilarious in this movie though jennifer tilly's great she really is i don't remember her from much i bet like i said she was when, everywhere when she's getting jesse to move the crate of the dead boyfriend in it <laughs> and and uh you hear Chucky in there going, let me out of here, you fucking bitch. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, just babysitting. Foul mouth, little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> she, now, was she doing things like that, like uh, the comedy stuff early, before? I don't know what she was doing. Oh, you know what? She was in um, that Jim Carrey movie, uh, Liar, Liar. Is that before this? Probably right around the same time. 97. I feel like maybe. it was so before. before yeah. I feel like I was like a 94. It was not a 94. You are the worst at figuring out these Jim Carrey things. 86. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective was 93. You 92. Think, and you think every single other Jim Carrey movie came out in 94. Because every time one comes up, you say 94. And the only time that's right is Dumb and Dumber. But there's been movies from like the 2000s where you're like, I think that was 94. He had a real one and a half year run. I think he did all those movies. Like The Mask, like, you're like, that was 94. Like everything was 94. I'm pretty sure that was 94. I'm pretty sure it's not. The Mask? 
All right, 95. I think that's right. Because it drifted a little. He was really, I mean, I think, and I I hate to say it, but I think in 1994, Jim Carrey might have rivaled Nicolas Cage for how many movies he put out each year. The number he gets credited with from you is pretty incredible. No, Nask was 94. (laughs) So was Dumb and Dumber. Oh, my God. It's going to turn out every one of these is right. Vindication. It is so sweet. Partial vindication. Because I'm going to say 97 for... Well, you can find anything you want to know if you look it up on the internet. Ace Ventura Pet Detective was also 94. Holy shit. <laughs> I told you. Liar, liar, 97. Ooh, all right. I was a little bit off on that one. Yeah. 97? Once bitten, 85. Mm, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, he did have 12 and 94. I'm telling you, Nicholas Kate, not quite, but he was rivaling him. Pretty... Insane, actually. Ace Ventura is the thing that launched him. I mean, Living Color launched him. I know, but is a movie star. Mm, Ace Ventura did. But he already had the mask and Dumb and Dumber like, roles either lined up or already in the can by the time that movie came out. It's pretty crazy. You'd think that like you would get Dumb and Dumber because of Ace Ventura. Maybe they maybe it's the same studio or something. I don't know. I've never actually done that deep of a dive. No, you say 94, and you're right way more often than you should be. Yeah, that's true about most things. No one ever believes me. Batman Forever was 95. Not you, not my wife, not my children. No. Nobody should. <sighs> yeah, fair enough. So they have a friend who who comes to explain to them that they're not actually killers and that this is all a misunderstanding because they're both calling him to say, I think he's the killer. Yeah, killer. And having heard both sides of their stories yeah. independently. But then he finds the body of the, of the chief. Chief uh, Nailface, chief, Pinhead? Chief Pinhead. And he's like, oh, it is them. And then he walks out into the street and gets run over by a truck. Oh, that it was, was great. Re- that was really fun. And it was CGI. Yeah, but it was but still great. It was like a complete explosion as the truck just obliterates them. It was still great. Yep. <laughs> they never, it doesn't seem to bother them again after that happens, by the way. <laughs> you know, that's a fair point. I know that they're in some high stakes life and death situations, but they kind of just walk out of there like, all right, we've got away with it. I appreciate too that the dolls had guns this time because that's always been my problem with why I'm not afraid of dolls because they're so tiny. <laughs> what? <laughs> just take your sentence in a vacuum. It's like, yeah, I'm glad that dolls have guns because the reason I'm not afraid of dolls is because yeah. they can't hurt you. Yeah, they can't. What? I'm, it's a valid point. I'm not afraid of dolls. Even that Robert the doll who lives in Key West and is haunted. But I'm not afraid of them. But dolls with guns. Dolls with guns. Now it's got something I'm afraid of. Yeah. A gun. It's like, I'm not afraid of clowns, but those clowns with <laughs> knives. I'm kind, of, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid of the normal clowns. I don't like them, and they're not right. Hell House, Hell House LLC. I watched that one. Yeah. Did I, I told you that, right? Yeah, yeah. It was... It was it was pretty solid. I don't like those. I, you've been showing me because you told me it was a good one. Yeah. You've been hitting me with a lot this of found House, footage. This is Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Really, the very first one. It's not the first one. That's the one I watched. This is a prequel. Oh, I watched the first one. Hell House LLC. Oh, I never saw that. I think that's the one I watched. Oh. No, I watched Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael, Carmichael Manor. I got to watch that one, then. That was the one that got me. Okay. Well, the first one wasn't terrible. No, I heard it was good. It launched a, you know, a series, but I never, without ever seeing the original three, this was a prequel. I think it's a prequel because it says Origins. This was, it just came out this year Okay, on Shudder, and I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, this All was right, actually well, I scary. I that one, then, because I watched the, I'll watch the Origins. You'll know more clowns. than I do. Yeah. Those clowns are creepy. Those clowns. We, now, we discussed 
this movie in some detail together where I pointed out specific scenes and you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to have either watched the same one or then, what is happening? <laughs> okay. So what was the plot of your movie? Quickly. A uh, sister and brother and another girl are at a abandoned, the Carmichael Manor, and she likes to go places and film podcasts or something. Nope. This was people doing a haunted house. So what was happening when I was describing these things that happened to you in detail the other day? And you were like, yeah, yeah, I like that scene. Like when they were in the kitchen and the phone rang and you were like, yeah. I think there was a kitchen and the phone oh, rang in the right. original. Right. Maybe I was just thinking of my Pete thoughts in my head. Just thinking about Nicolas Cage. Just thinking, what's what's Nicolas Cage up to these Whenever days? Whenever you look over at him sometimes, you just look in his eyes and he's thinking about Nicolas Cage feeding crows. Oh, man. That'd be the best. That's like... That is like my idyllic dream. Mm. So it all comes to a head, and Chucky and Tiffany have their falling out. It's instigated by Catherine Heigl and the guy who looks like Skeet Ulrich. Yes, they, they have a runner in the movie where if you're going to do the do all the cooking, the least you could do is the dishes. And a Martha Stewart stinger that ends with her saying, fuck Martha Stewart, and some great, great practical effect dummy work where his eyebrows shoot up like what get shocked <laughs> it, it was really fun it was very funny yes like this was the proof that chucky could be the main character of the movie that he was a, a leading man and that she was a fantastic yes. co-leading person this like is the two of them i could keep watching this was like in season five of angel where it got really good because spike and angel are a better pair than anybody else Any you're gonna romantic put lead Anything. yeah this was, this was, they found somebody that could reach Brad Dorif's level. And this is why the series has gotten so good, is that Jennifer Tilly's so good in it. Is Dorif in the show, too, obviously? The yes. voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the voice, okay. Has yeah. he done anything other than the voice of Chucky? He was in the original movie in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's the serial killer. Yeah, I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. He, but that was like in 1800. Yep. <laughs> pre, pre-film? <laughs> for your pre-film, that's how old that movie is. Well, he's in... He's still in stuff. He was in Deadwood. I never finished Deadwood. I watched the first two seasons. Still could have known he was in it just from having watched any of the episodes you did watch. I feel like I do remember him. He's in lots of stuff. But, okay. But this is his, obviously, his, the thing he's going to be remembered for. I mean, you no, know, people, hmm. When he dies, it'll say, they'll probably put both. <laughs> well, of course. They'll probably put both. They'll probably put One for the Cuckoo's Nest and this. I don't think so. Well, I think they will. I think they will, but that's for... I don't know. It's just like, oh, one of these accolades. Like when Robert Englund dies, it's just going to say Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. What else did he do? Well, he's been in tons of things, but that's just what it's going to say. Brad Dorff having that Academy Award nomination in a movie that's like won so many awards and is such a classic, it'll get in there. Because like the interesting one to me now is Jamie Lee Curtis, because it was always just going to say Halloween, but now she won an Oscar too. So it'll say Oscar winner and Halloween star is my guess. How much time a day do you spend writing? All the time. <laughs> all right. So that's what people do when they don't think about Nicolas Cage all day. <laughs> yeah, they think about what people are going to say when they die. Yeah, all right. You know what? I think I prefer my way of thinking, friend. I have to keep track of these things. How would you know that, that who's dead and who's not if I didn't bring it up every time? Fair enough. How would you know what Nicolas Cage is up to if I didn't bring it up to you every time? <sighs> Nobody asked, though. Well... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I guess I am kind of interested in what, what somebody's epitaph will say. I think my favorite line in the movie, because I wrote it down here, was when a character... One of my favorite things in these movies is when a character is rude to Chucky, because they don't know he's real. 
So they'll like, yeah. be walking, they'll grab him and just drag him and bang his head into the wall. Or they're like, look at this stupid little doll. And you always know something's going to happen. Yeah. That happens in this one where, where, because he's got all the stitches on his face. And a person goes, it's like, what an ugly fucking doll. And he goes, my, my name's Chucky and I wouldn't talk if I were you. That's my favorite moment. But usually when those things are, are followed by a murder. Yeah. You know what movie tried to do that and didn't do it nearly as well? Megan. <sighs> I didn't consider when we picked Pride of Chucky to talk about that I was going to have to rehash the Megan thing again. Now, you said you couldn't wait for 2023 to be over so that we didn't have to talk about Megan anymore. And then you brought it right up in 2024. <laughs> because I couldn't help but notice, given this fantastic example of how to make a doll funny and have people deserve to die. But this was the fourth try. This wasn't right out of the gate. Yeah, but those first three, they were playing it for straight up horror. I don't know. Not really. Really? No, the first one, the first half of the movie really does. And then halfway through the movie, it has this wonderful twist. Not twist in the narrative, but you when they all find out that he's real. It has this wonderful turn where it becomes more the Chucky show. And he's, he's foul-mouthed. And there's a great moment where the batteries fall out of the pack. And she realizes that the batteries haven't been in the... The doll. Oh, the, I remember that. And she yeah. opens up the back and the head spins around and he goes, hi, I'm Chucky. You want to play? And she drops her. So he gra- she grabs her and she's like, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to throw her in the fire. And then he immediately turns and goes, you fucking bitch, I'll fucking kill you. And from then on, he just never shuts up. And the fact, the reason people like the second one better than the first one is it takes the second half of the first movie. It just makes the whole movie out of it. Okay. So he's, it's not playing it as overtly for comedy, but it's hilarious. So, okay. So if you go back and watch the first one, the first half is very standard what's happening horror now you know but nobody else knows and then once once the cat's out of the bag he's just like walking around like hey fuck you fuck you fuck you and it's it's tremendous i do remember that i think yeah. the, hearing you describe it that puts it back in my brain You're it's right so for the funny first one. when he's got to like go have a conversation with the guy that knows a voodoo about what's happening and it's like this is so silly but i love that they didn't they only kept it for about 45 minutes they're like now we're going over the top right so we agree it's fester stallone style turn that hat around Bride of Chucky is a way better movie than Megan. Bride of Chucky is a better movie than Megan. All right, said, so everyone agrees with me. Are you going to go see Megan too? Of course I am. Is Allison Williams in it? Probably. I like Allison Megan Williams. Megan 2.0? Probably. I don't need to, but... I think you do, because you're obsessed with this movie. <laughs> it does seem like it spends a good portion of my non-Nicolas Cage brain power on it. You just I never even, even though it's another killer doll movie, I never even thought of it this entire time. From I, watching Bride of Chucky, to writing notes about Bride of Chucky, to discussing Bride of Chucky, and you're sitting here like waiting for your moment. I don't even think that I... I stop right there. Ooh, yeah. There's nothing else to go on. That was it. Good call. I don't even think I hate Megan that much, but I just, it just seems like such a milk toast week. I don't sauce. disagree with anything you're saying. And it bothers me. What bothers me is that we went and saw the movie. You walked out and we're like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like you always do. And then for some reason, like eight months later, started being like, you know what movie I fucking hate is Megan. I was like, oh, did you watch Megan again? And you said, no. No. <laughs> I haven't seen it since the theater. What's your point? What happened? I, I don't, just something as it festered in me at how it was just. And Uncle not, Festered? It, no, Uncle Festering in me would be fun. Yeah. I have a few of those things that are like just growing and bubbling kind of underneath the skin. Yeah. But anyway, oh, I forgot my La Point. God damn you. Your La Point? My La Point. <laughs> was that the Jean Renault character from Visitors? <laughs> that was my attempt at his accent. Uh, La Point. He was also in French Kiss with Kevin Klein. Ooh, because he's French. 
I think he's he was for a while after Gerard Depardieu went away. It became the Jean Renault is my French guy in American films. Who's that guy now? Do we have a French guy in American films? Do we have American films? What are we doing with films these days? I don't know. I only watch horror. That's right. That's where I live. I don't know what other movies are like, and it seems like most movies are horror anyway. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm right about this. Uh, just visit. Yep, just visiting. There it is. Just visiting 2001, Christina Applegate, Malcolm McDowell, Tara Reed. I can see why I've never seen that. Bridget Wilson. Oh, wait. It's Malcolm McDowell, not Andy McDowell. You confused me there for a second. <laughs> That's right. I wonder how many movies I haven't seen because I got the wrong actor in. I'm like, oh, I'm McDowell. I'm not oh, watching that. It's ridiculous, though. You'd love her in A Clockwork Orange. That's probably why I've never seen that one. Here's Les Visitors. I don't think that that's the one she's watching. Mm, maybe that's the one I watched. I don't think it is. You know what's a good French movie? Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, Jesus Christ. There are at least two Les Visitors movies, and then Just Visiting, which I believe is the remake. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna watch all three of those at some point i'm never gonna watch any of those mm, i don't know it feels like a christmas movie marathon coming up for next year i don't think so that well that'd be funny if we all picked hey <laughs> a, a visitors a visitors movie that's our christmas yeah christine applegate's still alive but has multiple sclerosis what why, why why are you taking such joy in these announcements i thought i was i thought that was gonna be easy to get out it was just, oh no when did this happen for some reason that was not not her having multiple roses i love her as an actress i think she's great and i wish that it wasn't true but my my constant death updates for some reason this one got me that one that one you just tickled your funny bone a little bit more than everyone else's grim death the act of doing it was funny to me oh my gosh oh poor christina applegate Ow. she was on the emmys this year and received a standing ovation that was yesterday in the time we're recording this or eight days nine days a ago week. when it comes out eight days a week yeah and then enough to show i care really messed me up when i was a kid i was my my grasp of time was sketchy enough to begin with did and you, my parents listened to the beatles a lot did you hear the new beatles the last beatles one uh free as a bird nope they have another one. How? Well, that's a good point. They actually got three songs from demos back then. Free as a Bird, Real Love, and they got one called Now and Then. And they Frankensteined it together? They couldn't get it to work. They couldn't isolate his audio enough back. The technology wasn't good enough back then. But they had recorded stuff with George Harrison during those recordings for it. But George didn't want to release it because he's like, it, it can't clean it up enough technology got better they were able to isolate his vocals and they were able to put it together and they actually had george harrison playing stuff from the 90s when they did that late 90s so they 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 put frankenstein it together so they bride of frankenstein it together because yep. it was part two it was part three <laughs> son of frankenstein <laughs> part three they son of frankenstein it how is it son of frankenstein sure it's pretty pretty shitty honestly all right what about the song it's okay the video is what makes it kind of good is it that nostalgia thing you've been talking about? It's because it's from those different eras. You get video of them when they were young. You get video of them now. You get video of them during those recordings. Now, aren't like and half then, of them dead? Then, like not to steal your bit, well, but half of them half of them are in the thing though. So no. are, are they, they, they like a camera on their grave, or is it like in yeah. the coffin kind of thing? Pretty much. Oh boy, they I gotta they, watch this. I think a real director made it. Ooh, so fancy. Who did the 
the guy who did Silence of the Lambs. He's dead. <laughs> I don't, don't want to. I didn't want to. Don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm just picking people who no longer live among us. He also directed Stop Making Sense. Jonathan Demi. Yep. Jonathan Deddy. Jonathan De- I think I went to school with him, too. Did you know that Talking Heads, they have not performed together since they broke up, except for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame many, many years ago. But they were all together to promote the re-release of Stop Making Sense last year. And uh, I don't, I doubt they'll make any music together, but it'd be pretty great if they did. I don't disagree. I'm a t- you turned me on to the Talking Heads. I always liked them, but I believe back in the days when you had CDs and you would you could burn them, you burned me all of them. They're, it's pretty great. And I think David Burns just like, I just don't see the point of doing it. Because I can make whatever music I want now. What's the difference? I, t- I agree. Unless he wants to just hang out with his old friends. Which I don't think he does like them that much. And it's been decades. But that's why it would be kind of interesting to me. Hey, Guns N' Roses got back together. Anybody can get back together. They did. They I have was, not put out new music, though. I was just talking about Guns N' Roses the other day to somebody and going to the concert in Toronto in the early aughts. That's right. And how we were with some people who were clearly Guns N' Roses, like the people next to us were a couple of couples. And they were clearly fans of Guns N' Roses when they were in their 20s or 30s back in the early 80s. And they were drinking and smoking pot and getting, just having so much fun. And then by the time they got to the Guns N' Roses taking the stage, they went home because they had partied themselves out way too early. And they were too old. And they were too old because... Was that the time we went and we got to stay in the hotel for free? Yes, it was. We got coming home from the counter, back to the hotel from the concert. We saw a fire truck pulling away. And then there yeah. was a note on the door the next day saying, We apologize for having to evacuate the building. Here's, here's your, your room and board. We're free for the night. And it was a fucking nice hotel. But I think the valet stole all the quarters out they of your did. car. They stole my cigarettes. And they stole my quarters out of the car. And then the guy was like, I was telling him about it when I was pulling out. I was like, yeah, you should know this. Somebody stole all the stuff out of the car. And he's like, oh, well, you don't have to pay for parking then. I'm like, I don't care about paying for parking. You should know that somebody who works here is stealing from the car. It was him. It probably was. He's like, uh-oh. You know what, Pete? I've never put that together. <laughs> In 22 years, I've never put that together. But what? No, I think you're right. I think you have a good lead suspect. I'm, it's all my detectoring work I've been practicing. You know what? He didn't steal enough to. He didn't steal enough to. The parking would have cost the more. Parking. Yeah. So I guess I made out of that deal. Huh. Yeah. Good. All right. Good for you us. Should, you should leave like the bait quarters in your car all the time. Do people even steal quarters anymore? One time my car got broken into. Yes. And you know what? They had gone through my. This was not too long ago, but they went through my my book of CDs <laughs> and my bag of change for tolls, and they left it. They had clearly rifled through it. They were like, and they didn't either. They didn't like my music. Or they're like, what is this? I don't understand. They, but they, this is what makes it funny, was that they clearly took the time to look through each individual one and didn't find anything worth taking. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, they didn't, they weren't like in such a hurry, like, let's steal the book and see what's in there later. They're like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. And it was a pretty full bag of change, too, that I had sitting there. Like, one of those gallon Ziploc bags. It was a lot of change. All right. So, Brad and Chucky's, uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. It is funny, and the humor holds up well because it's so much about itself. I'm excited for the continuation of the franchise because I, I'm enjoying this version of Chucky and Jennifer Tilly. I do too, but Cedar Chucky's a real letdown. Oh, That's the problem. The movie's not good. But I can gut through it. You know you know what? I was supposed to watch Barbara Crampton in Suitable Flesh yeah. and Bride of Chucky, so, we can, so that's a, 
a little taste of what's a coming. Mm. But I was sitting here last night because we were snowed in the last couple of days. Edwards? Yeah, all the way in Russia. You were Edward Snowden? I was. And it's a lot harder when you're stuck with small children to actually watch a movie, let alone two movies. So I, I had to pick one last night to start watching. And Suitable Flesh is an hour and 38 minutes. Oh, and guess how long The Bride of Chuck is? 137? 129. Oh. So you know what I ended up watching? Well, I, 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 you know what? From listening to this podcast, I'm not sure. <laughs> is this the big third act reveal? <laughs> I read a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I did I did read the Wikipedia page. Did you? Because I watched this a month ago for the uh, 25th anniversary to put the article out. You should You should release this episode a month ago. That way it'll time up with the anniversary. It'll be in there with the, the first annual Scare Value Awards that'll pop up into the feeds yeah. in December of 2022. Just put that date on this episode yeah. right now. So you can do that. In, yeah, I'd say do it. It'll pop up way back in the feeds. No, no, but it should pop up now, but just with a different date for no reason, other than that it amuses me. I don't know what you're saying. Okay, let me break it down for you. I'm going to spread it out for you in a nutshell. It is a thing. Oh, boy. Ben Grimm. (laughs) (laughs) I do like Ben Grimm. I don't know what he's up to these days. No. What was it? Pennywise the Dancing Clown? He was. He lived in a sewer. They were just the one who you're going to call away from having the trifecta. Ghostbusters? Yep. That's the three things you can't say anymore. Thing, it, who you're going to call. First base. (laughs) The second time we've gone that well. It's a fun well and apparently bottomless. It's from the 30s. A good time for movies. Probably. I believe that's when Bride of Frankenstein was released. Probably not the third. Probably is the 30s, the original act, not the video everyone would have seen. But the original act probably does be back that long. If not longer. If not longer. That's the vaudeville and Yeah, vaudeville yeah. stuff back then. You'd think so. I Could would you imagine so. like, having seen that on stage and then trying to explain it to somebody later? You'd sound like a fucking psychopath. I still don't know the bit well enough to explain it to anyone. I don't either. I can but, get to who's on first. But imagine having to do it completely off of seeing it one time live. Because it would be... You would sound like a nut. It would, it would be like one of the funniest things you've ever heard, so you definitely want to tell people things. And you're like, uh, no, you don't understand. The guy's name. You have to understand. <laughs> ah, oh, shit. <laughs> that would be tough. It would be amazing. It's like when they had the different endings for Clue when they released it. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what movie did you watch? Although... I mean, we've already proven today that we can both watch a different version of Hell House, and you'll just have a full conversation of it. The only, the only way this could have been, this was not a short conversation. The only way it could have been better is if we had done it on the podcast. <laughs> I, I swear to God, it all sounded so similar to what I watched, but I watched a movie that was nothing like that. But there were clowns. So there you were clowns. Like, it has to be the same movie. I guess that was the important part, and then I went off into my... I'm curious what you're going to think of the, uh, the Origins one, because that one actually scared me. All right, because I wasn't scared by the first one. I just thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. And I don't like found footage. Yeah. The end. The end. So we're going to have suitable flesh soon. Yeah. That'll suitable be the flesh. One. Barring any more weather events. Well, we are getting weather events. Yeah, well, worse weather events than this one. Although I don't know how far it'll travel. It's supposed to hit the city. We're north of the city. I'm actually parallel with the city. You're parallel with the city. It might hit you. Yep. I'm a little bit north of the city. So it might miss you. It usually does. I didn't get a lot, but the roads were still shit today driving here. Yeah, I can imagine. 
I looked out there and I said, no, thank you. No, it was pretty shitty. It's because it's the worst kind right now. Like it's not heavy snow, which is blowing around all the time. So they're not going to plow it because it's not really cover. It's just covering the roads, not affecting anything. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. That was our weather update for anyone who's interested. And I'm sure. Buffalo weather. Weather update. It's not coming out today. So this is the weather update in at least at the very least nine days ago. It's we're in Buffalo and it's January, so I'm going to say you can just say, hey, it's snowing. Kind of like being in Arizona and a weatherman. You should go, hey, it's sunny. That's all you got to say. Here's a teaser for Suitable Flesh. Did you know that the writer of Suitable Flesh, the writer of the screenplay, also co-wrote Reanimator, Castle Freak, and From Beyond? Those are the three H.P. Lovecraft-inspired movies with Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. And I like all three of those movies. You didn't like Castle Freak. No, I didn't. I like all two of those movies, and I like all three of those actors. And he wrote this one. He can't, he didn't have a credit for the last 11 years. There were only so two actors. he came back to do this. The only problem with Suitable Flesh is that Barbara Crampton is in a different role than the old Barbara Crampton role, and Heather Graham is in the Barbara Crampton role. Nothing against Heather Graham, but I like Barbara Crampton in the Barbara Crampton role. I like Heather Graham. I do, too. She's great in it. Okay, cool. But I prefer Barbara Crampton in the Barbara Crampton role. What role does she play? Because she the main character. Because she's not the lead female in this one. Heather Graham is. I liked her as the mom in uh, whatever that movie was. You're next. You're next. Yeah. And so that wasn't the same role. No, I'm just saying in these H.P. Lovecraft movies. The, oh, the I see. St- H.P. Lovecraft specific. You're- the starring female role is Barbara Crampton. This and is she's the not first one that it's not. You got to get used to it. I don't guess. like it. Mm. You know what? She wasn't the starring role in The Color Out of Space. She wasn't even in The Color Out of exactly. Space. <laughs> you know who was? Yup. It was Nicolas Cage. All right. All right. I, I, oh, I know the cage. He did not win the Nicolas Cage tournament. If you haven't heard that. No, I know. You'll never guess who wins. I can promise you. I don't know. It's pretty obvious. I promise you. That's what I, that's what I wrote on the thing, too. Like, I promise you'll never guess the winner. It was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I think we all won that day. No, <laughs> we didn't. All right. We've been going for a long time. Yeah. Have fun editing. Yeah, it's gonna have to, that's why we had to go longer, because I'm going to have to edit at least 45 minutes out of this. What are you talking about? It's gold. Solid gold. Like the 20 minutes I had to spend looking up just visiting. Well, that's an important thing to look up. And I, when, I, when I had to stop the podcast to look up which disease I was going to make a joke out of well, for Christina Applegate. We, we are... We're not good people? Mm, apparently not. But we all knew that. I think that you're the problem, though, because I only did it because I knew you'd laugh at it. And I'm the problem. That's my fault. <laughs> so I had to make a horrible joke at I feel someone's like this expense. Is, this is how we were kicked out of Honors English. This is how we got our seats moved in gym. Oh, yeah. That was a rough one. Beat that. We would, we'd have at least one class together every year, and we'd always have our seats moved, including once in gym class. That one was a rough one. I think they were bleachers. They were bleachers, and I wasn't allowed to sit near you. That was a weird one. Yeah. Speaking of a weird one, join us probably next week for Suitable Flesh. Oh, it'll be on, when like Donkey Kong. Pete will tell us all about the thing on the doorstep. Oh, that's what this one is based off of. Loosely. I got to go read that one again. And we will meet H.P. Lovecraft's horniest demon. Mmm, exciting. In, in a movie that is pitched as a throwback to Stuart Gordon's 1980s H.P. Lovecraft movies, but really feels like a mid-90s 2 a.m. movie channel slash Cinemax. Somebody described it this way? I Everyone pitched it as that. I describe it as that. It okay. feels like I was watching a movie at 2 a.m. hoping to see nipples. Ooh. And I saw them. I'm so excited. In the hallway. And I just can't hide it. I might have actually seen them in the hallway in this movie now that I think about it. 
Ooh. I just watched it again. In the hallway. I don't have that button because I, I prepared two things for this one and for the one we were going to do. So I had to take the, I saw her in the hallway out. Oh, man. We're going to get to that at some point, too. I don't know when. But for now, we're done. Go to scarevalue.com. If you want. Follow us on, yeah, this is all suggestions. Yeah, I don't want to, like, make people do anything. No, I go to Facebook and Twitter and no, don't use those things. No. Go outside. Yes. I don't use those things. No. One time I used, what is it, Google? Bing? I don't know what you, I wasn't there. Mint bingling but ice I, cream? But I bet if I pull up either of those things and type the word P, letter P in, I know it'll come up first. <laughs> it's going to be porn of. I, look, I don't know why it does that. The way I figure it is the first time I had the phone, I accidentally yeah. looked up. That was great. Enough. That was great. Anybody who didn't hear that story when his wife Kitty was on, she said she had to use her phone for something and she typed in P and the first thing that popped up was Pornhub and his name is Pete. His email starts with P. Everything everything around him is a P. And she's like, but that was still first and he his, his excuse was someone must have when I first got the phone used it to search for something. And she didn't couldn't care less, but it was still funny. Someone did. <laughs> She told me she prefers it when you uh, find other ways. She tells me that, too. <laughs> oh, she said, just take him to a movie. Yeah, that's what she does. That's say. what she says. She calls you up and says, hey, Pete needs to go to a movie now. Yeah. <laughs> then you come pick me up. And I know whenever you call me, you're calling me just to go to a movie. I'm like, ah, oh, I've been annoying Kitty. I'm being called by Brian today. It's true, because I've never done that. <laughs> like, we make a plan normally when something's coming out weeks in advance. There's never been a day where, except for the day she makes me do it, where, where I'm like, hey, Pete, what are you doing? You want to go see a movie right now? Nobody. We're grown adults. Nobody wants to just drop everything and go see a movie. That's a plan. You have an idea and you have to set time aside for it. Of course. But whenever I, call him, whenever I call him and say, you want to go see a movie, he's like, oh. <laughs> I know that I've done wrong. Guess it's time to go again. <laughs> Speaking of time to go, uh, rock until you drop. I was bopping my head, and my neck was cracking so badly, I thought it would fall off. I forget. We had we had come up with a new way to end these things when we were at stuck, and I forgot what it is. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bop. Oh, wait. Was it the exorcist? Uh, oh. <laughs> That's what it was. Pretend I did that hours ago. <laughs>